Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Wednesday, June 8th. As the nation reels from the aftermath of multiple mass shootings, Congress is taking notice and attempting to act. We'll take you to an emotional House hearing today on gun violence and where things stand in the bipartisan negotiations in the Senate on gun reform. The horrific and tragic scenes that you have been witnessing across your screens in the last few weeks out of Uvalde, Texas and Buffalo, New York, came to Capitol Hill today. The House Oversight and Reform Committee held a hearing that it called, quote, the urgent need to address the gun violence epidemic. And some of those people directly impacted by those shootings I mentioned testified today talking about the agony their families and their communities experienced in the wake of those deadly shootings. And before we play any sound for you from this hearing today, a lot of what you are going to hear could be potentially quite upsetting, devastating things being described in graphic detail. So please make sure you're listening at your own discretion. I could not get through watching this hearing today without breaking down, so I just want to make sure everyone has that warning at the top. In the Uvalde Elementary School massacre, 19 children and two teachers died. We heard today from an 11-year-old survivor of that shooting, Mia Cirillo. She said that she had smeared blood on herself and played dead to survive that tragic day. Give a listen to her and her father's testimony. Again, let me warn you, it's graphic. Then told my teacher goodnight and shot her in the head. And then he shot some of my classmates. He shot my friend that was next to me. And I thought he was gonna come back to the room. So I grabbed the blood and I put it all over me. I come because I could have lost my baby girl. She's not the same little girl that I used to play with and run with. I wish something will change. The House also heard testimony today from Kimberly Mata Rubio, the mother of Lexi Rubio, who was killed in the Uvalde shooting. She described the horrific details of finding out her daughter was killed in that tragedy and then demanded action from Congress on behalf of their daughter. We demand action. We seek a ban on assault rifles and high-capacity magazines. We understand that for some reason, to some people, to people with money, to people who fund political campaigns, that guns are more important than children. So at this moment, we ask for progress. Rubio believes another tragedy, just like the one that took the life of her daughter, will undoubtedly happen again if there isn't actual change to the laws surrounding guns in the country. Somewhere out there, there's a mom listening to our testimony, thinking I can't even imagine their pain, not knowing that our reality will one day be hers, unless we act now. A pediatrician from the Uvalde community testified today as well, and he tried to put into context for the members of Congress what he sees their role is right now, not that dissimilar from what he sees as his role as a pediatrician when dealing with a young patient. 
I chose to be a pediatrician. I chose to take care of children, making sure our children are safe from guns. That's the job of our politicians and leaders. In this case, you are the doctors, and our country is the patient. The House also heard from the mother of one of the victims of that deadly shooting in Buffalo, New York, on May 14th. Thirteen people were shot and ten were killed in what officials describe as a racially motivated shooting. Zanita Everhart is the mother of 21-year-old Zaire Goodman, who was the only black person who was shot that survived the massacre in Buffalo that day. Here is a piece of her testimony today and again another warning because what you are about to hear from her is quite graphic. To the lawmakers who feel that we do not need stricter gun laws, let me paint a picture for you. My son, Zaire, has a hole in the right side of his neck, two on his back, and another on his left leg, caused by an exploding bullet from an AR-15. As I clean his wounds, I can feel pieces of that bullet in his back. Shrapnel will be left inside of his body for the rest of his life. Now, I want you to picture that exact scenario for one of your children. As for what Congress is actually going to do legislatively, well, the House of Representatives is slated to vote on the Protect Our Kids Act, which is a sweeping gun safety reform package that includes provisions that would raise the age from 18 to 21 to buy semi-automatic weapons. This is basically dead on arrival in the Senate because there are not the minimum of 10 Republican senators who would get on board with this House bill in order to pass it into law. So this really is a measure of House Democrats trying to get on the record with what they would like to see in terms of change to the gun laws, even though it is totally not matched up with the reality of the politics of the moment of something that can actually get through the Senate. So where does that leave the country then? Well, it leaves the negotiation in the Senate, which you have Republicans and Democrats meeting yet again today. You have the leadership from both sides, McConnell, Schumer, trying to give these negotiations enough space to continue. And of course, what may emerge from the Senate will be far more narrow and far less sweeping than what the House Democrats would pass. But perhaps there might be some new regulations around red flag laws. There might be some movement on adjusting background checks in some capacity. But there is no way, it seems, that there's going to be some sweeping legislative reform that comes out of this Congress. But from the president on down, all energy right now in the Senate between Republicans and Democrats is trying to emerge with something, something that will help even on the margins preventing future unnecessary loss of life. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com briefing. netsuite.com briefing.